John! What? Red 7! I don't know what Red 7 means. Hot route! I don't. W what is hot route? Will you just go stand on the other side, please? Down! Come on! Ready! Down! Set! Hut! 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 Hit me! Booyah! Oh. That's what we call a sack lunch! Nom, 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 nom! It's time for the Soonerscoop.com postgame show presented by Eskridge Lexus in Oklahoma City. Eskridge Lexus is the official travel partner of Soonerscoop.com podcasts. Now, here's your road crew, Carrie, Eddie, and Bob, wrapping up all the action and reaction from this week's game. Welcome to the Eskridge Lexus post-game show, where we are very angry. Oh, we're so angry, actually. It's the day after. We've kind of, you know, we've dealt with Twitter and the boards, and uh, we've seen enough anger. We're here to, uh, I don't know what we're here to do. Uh, we're joined by Eddie and Bob, who are still stuck in Atlanta. I'm sorry that I made you stay an extra day because I'm cheap. But uh, I guess I thought about just getting a uh, rental car today and just driving. I have seriously given thought to that. Josh and I have done that before. Um, we got stuck overnight in Memphis, and we were like, "Screw it!" And you know, Eddie knows this from back in the day. I uh, am quite the control freak. I used to be quite the control freak, so I drove the entire way while Josh slept. That's the story of my early Sooner Scoop life. Eddie sleeps as we drive from state to state. Josh slept as we drove from Memphis one night. All I'm saying is, is if we left right now, we could be home we by could, 1 a.m. We could do it. If you I want to do it, go ahead. <laughs> Put some numbers together real quick. <laughs> this is the this is the we hope you are going to listen to this podcast and you haven't killed yourself podcast. Yeah, or just we hope you listen at all because a lot of people probably won't because they're they're done at least for now. I don't. I well. I think you know it was such a it was a three o'clock start. The game was so long, like halftime seemed like it took for. I mean, it took forever to get to halftime. I think right. I think I went through there all the stages of you know grief or whatever it is like it it during that game i think i got over it yes. completely before it was even done no i don't think there's any doubt about that i i literally remember thinking at one point like my god i can't believe this is still happening and i looked up and there was 10 minutes left in the second quarter mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's how quickly like i, I remember thinking like old. my god this game has been going on for three hours and i looked up and there was more than half of the second quarter to be played. It takes a lot of time to score that many touchdowns. It really does. My God. You know, the celebrating just... and then the replays <laughs> and, you know, the timeouts that come after the extra point. I mean, it takes a lot. It was it was over two hours that first that first half. No doubt. And, you know, I, I think the fan base right now, it was... That one seemed different than in years past. That was just more of a... Uh, kind of a reminder that you know Oklahoma all these big 12 championships are good and everything but uh something has to change down there or they're going to continue kind of being the laughing stock of college football I mean and 
it, it, it's hard to deflect from that, isn't it? They are. It is what it is. Like, you saw the Buckeyes make that leap. Because I thought Ohio State, OU, were sort of in that same realm the last couple of years. They could win their conference, but when they got to the playoff, they couldn't do much. We've seen what the Buckeyes can do. Now it's up to the Sooners to do it. And, you know, you like to say it starts in the, the trenches. I think it starts in the secondary, and then it starts with – Grinch getting his guys in, and we'll actually have a story about that later this week, about how important that Wednesday of signing day was with getting Joshua Eaton, Justin Harrington, and Kendall Dennis all within a span of a few hours because Grinch tried to make it work with the guys on campus. He did everything he possibly could, but for the majority, or not, maybe that's going too harsh. For some of them, you know full well, Last night might be the last meaningful time that they see, or may, might even be their last game on campus if they decide to go the portal route. Well, and I don't want to get too big picture too early here because I, I did want to talk about a little bit about you know what happened uh, Ugh, on the field. <laughs> well, because why? because I think it's important just because it does kind of explain what you're talking about. Like people want to sit here and say. I mean, look, we all thought that Oklahoma was closing the gap. We, we, you know, we saw the defense this year. We we're like, yes, that defense is better. They're making progress. And for those of you that want to just say, oh, it's, it's, it was a mirage. It's it, no, it's, it has gotten better, but you know, I, I know the tantrums on Twitter are not going to stop over this, but, uh, it's 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 not something that you just completely throw away and say, oh, we're all the way back where we started. No, you are better than where you were at the start of the season. You have Alex Grinch as your coach. You have uh, good talent coming in. The problem is, and is what I said before the game, like the Larry and Turner yell was a bigger loss than anyone else because you didn't have any depth at the safety. And let's face it, reason number one why they got their heads kicked in yesterday was Delarian Turner yells back up and Justin Brawls. And I hate saying that because he's a super sweet kid. He's always been, you know, really good to us. But the guy can't play football. He's just not, he's a try-hard guy that's not talented enough to be successful at this level against elite competition. Well, that, that's the biggest problem, isn't it? That it isn't an effort situation. No. It isn't a, uh, it isn't a, Maybe he could develop into something. He'll give everything he could possibly give to this program, and he has. He just doesn't yeah, have enough and of I, it. In a, in a sense, you got to respect that. But if you're trying to win national championships, if you're trying to get into that uh, that upper echelon of teams, which we saw last night, it is a very distinct difference between the Ohio States and the Clemsons and the LSUs of the world and even little old Oklahoma that dominates the conference in uh, a manner that's never seen before. You have to have some dudes, and Oklahoma just doesn't have that right now. Isn't and I think that's the most frustrating thing for Oklahoma fans is the fact that it is a resounding reminder you don't have you don't have that those guys right now. You are that far away from it. And you know Lincoln Riley can say whatever he wants, and he met with reporters this morning and all that. But it just they're going to continue going against the same kind of. Um, mindset in a, in a way that it just I I don't think that this change is going to happen overnight Josh has said it best on Twitter that we're talking about this defense that Alex Grinch took over it was literally the worst in the history of Oklahoma football and for them to be able to just turn it around and what they did this year 
is commendable in a way, but it's still so, so much farther away from what they need to be. You you knew that LSU was going to attack Broyles. You didn't realize it would be to the extent every single of it, yeah. play. Because he led the team with 11 tackles because they just, wherever he was, like, okay, that's who I got to throw to on, on this play. And to a certain degree in the second half, that became Woody Washington, too. I mean, those guys combined for 21 tackles, but that's not a good thing. That means that LSU did exactly, the, the they stuck to their, their plan and they executed it the way that they wanted to the entire night. I'll say this, too, beyond talent, Lincoln Riley has got to find a way to have a more disciplined program from top to bottom. And it starts with the suspensions, uh, and then it you know it it shows itself on the field with Buki uh, and what he did in that game. I mean, yep. the ridiculous nature of going after a guy's head while the guy with the ball is right, like to go in the opposite direction. Of the of the the main goal of the game is to tackle the man with the football. It was third and ten. It, it was, was third, third and, and ten. ten, and the quarterback would pull the ball down and ran. All you had to do was tackle him before he got to ten yards. And what did you do? You decided, oh, I'm going to go take Clyde Edwards Hilaire's head off instead of doing my job. Like that is so ridiculously undisciplined. I can't. It's one of the worst things I've ever seen on a football field. It's seeing it, seeing it, seeing the replay of it is almost shocking in a way. Yeah. Like, why would you do that? Yeah. That's, that's my why? tweet. Like, why did Book Buki do he, that? Like, he really <laughs> why? He tried to explain it and then he stopped. He said it was a football play, and we're like, what does that mean? And then he starts. He saying, blocked himself. And he's like, um, I don't want to talk about it. And he just mentioned how he was apologizing to every single teammate. We did see that with an open locker room that Buki was going around apologizing. And he had to, to do that single... because he got kicked out yes. of the goddamn game exactly. and he couldn't talk to anybody. <laughs> I mean, look, was, I, I, at one point, of you all just, the things you can't apologize for something. At some point, something is so bad. You, you can't apologize. It, there's no apologizing for what he did. Right. Of the all the action. things that I've seen this year, I, I just it, – it's shocking, Kerry. Like, I I don't understand. He blocked himself. He did. He took himself out of the play. He made it so that Burrow got 11 yards. Now, obviously, it didn't matter because there was targeting after. But just based on that play alone, it, he that little move that he made allowed Burrow to get the first down. It's wild. You're right, though. I mean, and we've kind of seen that all year, haven't we, guys? Just as far as the discipline within this program, you're able to get away with a late hit against a South Dakota. Mm-hmm. Nobody, I mean, nobody looks at it that way. But you get in these big games, and it just it, it kind of uh, it, it's in a way it, it, it's all highlighted. Every play is highlighted in a in a in a strange way that. You do that kind of shit, and it's it, it ends up costing you. And listen, I mean, I mocked the idea that Oklahoma didn't deserve to be on the field with LSU the entire week. I still probably think it's a little crazy, but last night certainly, uh, I I couldn't have been any more wrong. And I, you know, talk with Alex Grinch. You know, he said as much as they responded to adversity time and time again, you guess he kind of fell into this trap of believing they would do it. You can't just assume that you're going to do it 
every single time. And he said, once we lost our composure, we honestly never got it back. And I, he put a lot of it on the coaches. Well, and you said we, it. We didn't know what to do with them. You said, I think it was you that said it last night, just as far as you look at the guys that weren't out on the field. Uh, those are kind of some guys that were the leadership units for those for their specific position units as yep. far as Ronnie Perkins and Dell and Turner yell. And I mean, Kenneth Murray can say so much. Nell Galmore can say so much. But, uh, you know, they this it was a little bit depleted in a way. But then again, it just reemphasizes the depth issues that Oklahoma has on that side of the ball and what they're trying to continue to build. And then you can get into the offense. And I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ, I. I <laughs> Where do you want to start? I, I think that last night was just kind of a culmination, if you will, of the inefficiencies that they had on that side of the football, and it finally caught up with them. Uh, they weren't able to really basically do anything, and before you know it, they had dug themselves another huge hole and just completely unable to climb climb out of it because they don't, they aren't that type of offense this year that you were able to dig yourself a, uh, you know, God damn, twenty one seven, let alone twenty eight seven or thirty five seven or forty two seven. I thought, you know, ultimately what happened as the season unwinded for me is that it became kind of a perfect storm uh of shit. Which, you know, Jalen Hurts was could have been more effective in that game yesterday if they would have just been a primarily zone read team and just let him run the zone read. And, you know, read uh, Caleb on Shashan and, uh, you know, they did a good job with that when they ran it. But that is not Lincoln Riley. That's not what he wants to do. That's not what he, uh, I mean, that that's not his offense. I mean, it's just not. I mean, he they're dropping him back so many times and it's it's not what he does well. And I'll, I'll give it. I'll give it up to him. He did stay in the pocket. I mean, he tried to, you know, get the ball downfield, but they were never going to be successful on a regular basis, dropping him back and throwing the football down the field. They just weren't. And it, it, it's just like, I, I, I wasn't like, why won't you do the zone? Re like, I, I just knew that they wouldn't do it. Like, I, it's just. That's not who Lincoln Riley is. So the matchup of Jalen Hurts with Lincoln Riley, it wasn't a failure, but let's face it, getting back to Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray uh, and you know now going to Spencer Rattler most likely, which we haven't talked about yet, uh, that was really interesting. Um, that's what Lincoln Riley needs. And it just, ultimately, it didn't work. It, it worked for Jalen Hurts. He, he was runner-up in the Heisman. I think we everybody that watched him was like, wow. Like, I can't believe that happened. He was runner-up in the Heisman. Like, no one does – no, he didn't deserve that. But I can see, you know, why it happened. I mean, they raised his profile. Lincoln Riley raised his profile. But he wasn't ultimately what was going to get OU over the top. I, I thought he rolled into a lot of pressure. Did you sense that, Kerry? I thought he just yeah, kept rolling but he's, out. I mean, he's where... not the most – he's not – like, you watched Trevor Lawrence last night uh, and even Joe Burrow. Like, they're really good at feeling pressure and and stepping out of it or stepping away from it or uh, stepping up into the pocket. Like, that's never been Jalen Hurts. He's not real pocket aware 
when it when it comes to pressure. You know, I think the story I'm really debating on writing is that if you think about Hertz, what his biggest contribution to the program is going to be maturing Spencer Rattler, right? On and off the field, getting him ready to become the next guy. Because I don't know if just based – it's very limited with that Netflix show, but that didn't seem like Rattler was ready to take over a program like 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 the Sooners. But after spending a year with Hertz, even though it was just two times that we got to talk with Rattler here in the last couple of days, he he seemed like a guy that's starting to get it. Is it the ultimate just kind of uh, fanish take to just kind of say, I'm kind of glad it's over with the Hertz thing? It no. had to be. Like, it, I, it had to be. I mean, no, I mean, th- th- I, I, you're not going anywhere in the long run with Jalen Hurts as, as your your starting quarterback at OU. Maybe at no, Wisconsin I, or, you know, I, he could raise TCU to another level. But at OU, where the expectation is first round, or, you know, very first pick in the draft, that's not who Jalen well, Hurts is. And that's probably a little unfair to him. No, it is. I mean, He's 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 stepping into some shoes that, were, you know, I don't know if they've had quarterbacks uh, as dynamic as either Baker Mayfield or Kyler Murray, and they just still having to play in back to back years. But at the same time, it just it never, and maybe because of the it, it was just such a weird fit as far as uh, you know. And Jalen used the word unprecedented a lot when talking about a situation, but it just never felt right. Does that make sense? I mean, looking back on it, it just never felt right. And I, I, I don't know. It was a little bit of a, really I, a square peg in a round hole situation. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, it, it's working for the time being. But you just kind of knew that it never, I don't know. Look, and, it was a I'm, better, I'm I mean, look, all around. you have to do is say it this way. He was a better choice than Austin Kendall would have been. He, I mean, and that's what okay, you're, yeah. you were either yeah, going to have this year with fair. Austin Kendall or you're going to have it with yep. Jalen Hurts. You choose which one, you, which path you wanted to go down. And the Jalen Hurts yeah. was the best path available to Lincoln Riley. He took it. It got him to the college football playoff. It just didn't get you, uh, it, it didn't get you a national championship. How, do you want to talk the quarterback thing? <laughs> yeah, let's get into the quarterback thing because I want to, I do want to kind of delve into the big picture and I, I, would love to get Josh's take on this too, because we've kind of gone head to head as far as uh, you know the idea of making the playoff versus not making the playoff. I always say that making the playoff is the right thing, but I just let's get into the quarterback thing, and then I want to present the idea of what this means for the program as a whole, and this whole thing's headed. Well, I mean, the quarterback thing—I assume you're talking about Spencer Rattler going in for Tanner Mordecai uh, instead of Tanner Mordecai, which. You sure. see that, and in, the reasoning, and the Riley, yeah, and, today. and Riley <laughs> gave reasoning for it, which I, you know, it's a convenient reason to give. Like, does anyone think <laughs> if if Jeremiah Hall was it, or is it, it was Pledger that dropped it's that fourth Pledger, down yes. uh, slant? Yes. Uh, does anyone really think like that Tanner Mordecai would have run into the game as right as they no. were picking up that first down, like on the thirty-yard almost... line, their own thirty or something? It's almost a slap in the face that he would even present that as an idea that we should accept. Kind of, kind of pushed him on it, and he just said, you know, that's that's not – if if we only operated on, on stars, 
and that's how it would go. But these guys are getting ready to go into a legitimate battle in into the spring. And he did mention there will be no looking for a grad transfer, no one and done. That's not at all what will be the story of this off season at at quarterback. So it'll just be who who matures faster and who takes over. I think we all would agree it's going to be Rattler. And when you look, that screenshot of Tanner Mordecai, when he sees Rattler in the game and he's still on the sideline, I mean, that felt like that's all you need to know. To be fair, though, to be fair. His body was in Atlanta. His mind was in the portal. (laughs) Yeah, to be fair, though, Tanner Mordecai is not a guy that has a lot of different – I don't think his emotional range is like (laughs) – off the charts like I think he's one of those he's one of those memes like you put the same picture 50 times you're like happy sad frustrated you uh, know? all right I'll I'll add this when the locker room was open Mordecai was quick to get his bags and get the heck out of there and we actually did get a chance to talk with Rattler I don't know if you read more into that but that I mean we could have talked to Tanner but he was too too quick in getting the heck out of there well I mean I let me ask you this. Have you seen anything of Tanner Mordecai that suggests he's the guy? Has anybody seen no. anything? Like, I, I think he's a – I saw him in high school. He is a really great high school football player. But it, whether it's scrimmages or games, I mean, I've seen him throw some balls where I'm like, wow, that's a nice ball. But I have never seen him just take the team and lead them down the field on a very impressive drive, which, you know, it's probably not fair to judge him on that because he hasn't had a lot of opportunities. But – at the same time, I've never been just blown away by what Tanner Mordecai's done when he's come into the game. No, I, you look at uh, even the limited uh, limited times that we've seen them in games, Rattlers look better. And I know that's a very, very small sample size, but still, I mean, come on. What do you, you think? I mean, that really South Dakota game, Tanner Mordecai <laughs> threw the touchdown to Theo Weese, I think. Or maybe it was Pledger. And then and – then, uh, Rattler threw the touchdown to the other guy. It's almost irresponsible to even think that Spencer Rattler won't be the guy. You know what I mean? He's like, the guy. He is the guy. He needs. In fact, I would even say he needs to be handed the reins during the spring. Mm-hmm. Let don't go through this entire bullshit stuff during the summer when you say, "Oh, well, they're both working hard," and then we show up in August and. Well, everybody, you got to give them both a chance. It was like, a great competition between Kyler Murray that. and Austin Kendall. Austin Kendall almost Nobody's won it. Nobody's going to believe it. Nobody is going to believe anything Lincoln Riley says about that position uh, in terms of who the starter is if they continue to play this game and play the charade that, that Spencer Rattler isn't your quarterback going into 20. Well, they're playing the portal game. I mean, they, it's it, he's forced I to know, do it. I just I mean – but that even that is just well. Then that that would be Tanner not being smart enough. Like if th- this shouldn't keep Tanner here if he doesn't believe he has to sure. get out now. He doesn't have to just do that to appease Riley. Stay another year or stay on on campus if he doesn't think Riley be truthful about everything. Just take off. He's well within his right to do it. Well, and, you know, a lot will have to do with what happens with Chandler Morris and his decision. Uh, And Josh is in Orlando at the Under Armour stuff right now. Uh, But, you know, if Chandler Morris ends up signing with OU in the late period, uh, that takes a little bit of pressure off. But you're still sitting there with two quarterbacks, and Lincoln Riley will probably fight to the death to keep three. I mean, 
he'd probably, uh, you know, tell both quarterbacks they've won the starting job as long as, you know, <laughs> until just hope they don't talk to each other. Uh, hoping that, are, you know, are we keep reaching three a point if, if Morris where you know, chooses you're never going to have a backup quarterback that's a junior that you recruited out of high school? They just won't stay that long. I, yeah, I mean, I mean, you're kind of, you've I, kind I don't of always been crazy. in that. I mean, I can't, I mean, other than like, I think Blake Bell, who switched to tight end, um, Trevor Knight stayed, but then transferred, but he was a starter. I mean, like guys, I can't remember the last guy that wasn't a, a walk on that was on scholarship that never won the starting job that made it to like a junior or senior year. I'm just trying to rack my brain real quick. I, I, I would say. That's I guess Joey Halsley might be the last. I don't think that's exclusive to Oklahoma. It's not, but I, I mean, mean, it's as a whole. But not country. like you have to get used to the fact that if you're not going to have those older guys, that you're only going to have one or two schol- uh, scholarship quarterbacks In heading into the spring, time, unless yeah. you go through the grad transfer. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You're never going to that quarterback room's never going to be four or five deep now. Well, and that's the whole thing about people, you know, getting all – that was the whole storyline about how all these quarterbacks, except for one, was a grad transfer in the college football playoff. Like, that's the norm, though. I mean, grad transfers at quarterback, it's not like, you know, the portal – you know, everybody loves talking about the portal because it's got a name now, and there's always been transfers. I mean, it's always – go back to, to the very first when Bob Stoops first got here, like – uh, what was it? I think Chase Williams was a quarterback that he signed that, uh, you know, obviously Josh Heupel became the starter. And then I think Jake Seals was in the first spring uh, when Josh Heupel was here. Patrick Fletcher, like, those nobody sticks around if it's a backup quarterback. I mean, go back to Tommy Grady. I mean, it's, it's just if you have a highly recruited kid that's a quarterback – and he gets beat out by someone, especially someone the same age or younger. They're not stay. They've never stayed around. Nope. And the invention of the cool they? word portal doesn't make it. You know, it's like people are. It's like, wow, this is ha- this has changed college football. No, it's always been this way. Uh, and I think that a, a part of that too is probably the focus, or not even the focus, but the ability of kids now graduating early from high school, being able to get into college, start their accreditation. Uh, early and being able to graduate in three years and have a chance to go play somewhere else. Like, I don't fault anybody that if they graduate from a school and they still have eligibility left and they know they're not going to play at, you know, Oklahoma or whatever school they're at, yes, hell yeah, you should go transfer. <laughs> Isn't that what everybody wants to do? That's why you sign a Division One scholarship is so you can play football? Not so you sit on the sidelines. So I, I don't have a problem with anybody that does that. I'm not saying that we think that they do. I'm not saying that you guys do either. It just it, it makes sense, and especially nowadays when there are you know certain I guess rules or you know I don't even think it's legislation, but certain steps in place to make that allowable to happen. You look, I mean, what it all boils down to the discussion that we started was, you know. Does that say that Spencer Rattler is your starter because he went in the game ahead of Tanner Mordecai? Uh, and right, but I think you guys said this, or somebody said, like Riley knows how that looks. He's not dumb. Like 
He knows he just no, made I, a statement without making a statement. For a guy that literally bends over backwards uh, to, to craft an image, to craft an image, and to you know everything that they do with that brand at OU, for him to just throw them, throw it out there, and then be like, "Oh well, yeah, I don't." It wasn't that big of a deal. That's bullshit. And the other part of it too is, is it's it's like it's bullshit if we go through this entire game again. You know what I mean? Like as far as, as if Spencer Rattler isn't named the starting quarterback in the spring. I I'm not going to question Lincoln Riley. It's his program. He can do whatever the hell he wants with it. But I would say it's a little unfair to the fan base and maybe even the team. Well, and this is what it's all about. It's about getting that quarterback, that Heisman caliber quarterback, which they did have with Jalen Hurts. So maybe that's not even the right um, qualifier. <laughs> but getting that national championship type quarterback back in the program that can win you that, uh, that can that can beat some of the best defenses in college football. I mean, like, what would Baker Mayfield have done against that LSU defense? He probably would have torched them a little bit in the secondary. I mean, I didn't think that their secondary was as good as they were made out to be. Like, I didn't notice... Did did you guys feel like you really didn't notice uh, Delpit or Delpin? What's his name? Um, Delpit. Delpit at all in that game? Yeah. Like I don't remember well, hearing his name called really, at all. They didn't really need to do it. They didn't lot. look to yeah. Morris or Basquiat. Like they tried to go out on the edge just a couple times. Like pretty look, much the whole passing offense like was needed. Was if Jalen Hurts could get Ceedee Lamb one on one, he was going to chunk it down the field. Yeah, and when when you go three and out every time, I mean, I thought it went from seven to seven to twenty eight to seven so fast. Quickly. That yeah. it, it was almost like has Oklahoma had the ball this entire time? Like have <laughs> and they then, ran and then it goes twenty eight seven, and that's when the interception happens, and it's thirty five seven, which is just it was, a, it was even blank. It was an awful throw. You know, one yeah. guy who's really there's es- no other way to say it. It was an awful throw. One guy that's really escaped uh, the criticism that probably had almost as bad a day as Justin Broyles had was R.J. Proctor. R.J. Proctor. Yep. Yeah. He was, he was awful. awful. And I, mean, I think that probably highlighted, you know, it highlighted what we knew was going to be an issue for a while. We were just uh, waiting that, for was it. that left yeah. tackle position. Yeah. It was just, it was a matter of who was going to be out on the field when it happened. And, uh, you know, I, it just, the entire thing. Let me ask you, somebody, let me, somebody asked me this last night, and I truly had no idea which way to go. What Landry Jones have done against LSU? Fumbled it about four times, threw three more picks. <laughs> that much worse? Well, I'm exaggerating. Yeah. But he definitely would have fumbled twice in his own deep in his own territory. That's probably true. It would have looked a lot like that OSU game in 2011. That's probably fair. Okay. Yeah, I think there was a point. Why, though, did, was someone like actually trying to argue like that Landry Jones would have won that game if he was a quarterback? Was it uh, was it Al Ashback? It, it, it might have been closer. That's what, I think he would have given him believe? a better ability. Uh, I don't know if I believe it, but I think he would have given him a better ability to throw the ball downfield. I I who guess are in these a way, people I'm about coming as, up with Landry Jones dream people? scenarios? Who's doing that? 
I want to know who's doing that. Is it you, Eddie? Like, no. How are you spending your life if you're saying, what would Landry Jones have done in this? Like, who gives a shit? Landry, I mean, like, say Baker. What would Baker Mayfield? What would Kyler Murray? What would what would Sam Bradford? Not Landry Jones. My God. I have sick friends, Carrie. Okay. <laughs> is, is this like in a text group? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, in fact, I would did even anyone say... call him on this like I'm doing right now. <laughs> no, I I thought it was kind of interesting. <laughs> Obviously, I think I don't. in a way, like I, I, I think in a way, I have this, this like kind of, I don't know, deep rooted hatred. I, it's definitely not a hatred thing. I couldn't dislike Jalen Hurts more, and I can really? finally say it. Okay, do you think he's a phony? I don't think he's a phony as much as I think he kind of padded Oklahoma fans media and maybe even teammates just on the head a little bit the entire year like i'm here to save you when you read the ivan mizell piece about like michael jordan doesn't introduce him like you know that michael jordan's here it's like you kind of suck man (laughs) like i know that you had a great year michael jordan wasn't benched in the nba finals you're a college football legend I, i i i understand that you're gonna have a place in this game for a long long time but let's not act like he's Kyler Murray or Baker Mayfield. Yeah, I don't think it's, he's anywhere close to those. It guys. is really strange. The um, is that is that like is that really unfair? Like is that me kind of being a little bitch to say that now? Maybe, but it's not wrong. I mean, I I, okay. I don't understand the reverence that people from the SEC hold for him, and they still did throughout yeah. this entire week. Like, you wouldn't b- believe it. I mean, that was, the narrative was still, man, Jalen Hurts really helped uh, help you guys get into the playoff, huh? Yeah. I like, no. Just, <laughs> and it couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah, he was carried to the playoff. Really by, I, by a just, defense that completely let him down yesterday. It definitely looks like sour grapes now, and, you know, it's it's easy to say that now that he's gone. It's and just that we know what the guy again, we but. know what elite quarterback play looks like. And he's nowhere near the quarterback that Kyler Murray is as a yes. runner or a thrower. Like Kyler Murray is better at both than he is. The only thing he has on Kyle, Kyler Murray is size. But mm-hmm. he I mean, look, we watched him for an entire year. He does not get through his progressions well. He doesn't keep his eyes down the field when things get, you know, when the pocket starts to collapse. He leaves the pocket too early. He is a very strong runner, but I wouldn't say that he's a, a, an explosive athlete, not on the level that Kyler Murray is. Correct. Like, he can get you five, six, seven yards, but he can't get you 30 or 40. He's no. not going to pop that big one. He has limitations. Yeah. I don't know. It just, it was kind of weird. It was something that I don't want to say like stewed in me or anything like that. (laughs) But it's just like, like, man, you needed OU more than they needed you. No, I think that's a good way of of saying it. There's no doubt. I mean, his options were Maryland and Miami. (laughs) Prime 112. Kind of tells you everything that you need to know, doesn't it? I think quarterbacks are overvalued more than any other position, and they're also 
and they're justifiably so because they make a huge difference. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, there's no doubt that the two teams that are playing for the national championship have the two best quarterbacks in the country. But, uh, I mean, back to, you know, Lincoln in this morning and kind of what he said um, with the beat writers. You know, I do think, and I said this before the game, like if they somehow won this game, and by the way, I should apologize. I should just get this out of the way. I gave OU way too much hope and credit. (laughs) <laughs> for even being able to win this game. I shit I I sort of shit on LSU's defense. Their defense was great. They have the biggest defensive line I think I've seen in 10 years, maybe longer. They're just every one of those guys is like 400 pounds. It's ridiculous. They have like nine Ronnie Perkins and OU has a Ronnie Perkins and he didn't even suit up. <laughs> Well, they have Ronnie yeah. Perkins, who just does nothing but eats. They have like four of those. But no, they. I mean, I thought OU would play this game close. I mean, I, I thought that they would be in it. I didn't think that they would win it, but I thought that they would make a game of it and come out, and then you say, okay, well, it's pretty obvious OU deserved to be there, and they made all these people look stupid. They didn't do any of that. They became the laughing stock. I mean, they re- I mean, that's Maybe. that's the thing yeah. about it. like you have become a joke on Twitter all yeah. night last night. You were the punchline. They they were the punchline <laughs> until the second half of the Buckeyes Clemson because then everyone was. There's, <laughs> and there's it's that. not going away either. You're not going to change right. it overnight. You're not going to be able to just wake up uh, in a week when the calendar turns to 2020 and and it goes away. This is something that's going to be there for a long, long time until you change it. And, and that's what Grinch said. You need to have maturity about yourself. It, to not let this carry over into the spring, into 2020, it's, it's, it's up to you because it could. Because this is a lasting impression. You talk about all the improvements they made throughout the year. This is what people are going to remember about OU. This wasn't a, the way I, I phrased it. It was like the Buddy Heel Final Four team. That team didn't deserve to have the worst Final Four loss in the history of basketball. They don't. They weren't that bad. And this OU defense didn't deserve to give up 63 points and set the record for most points allowed in a bowl game against the Sooners. But that's just the way it happened. And now those guys have got to figure it out and put it behind them and not not necessarily just say, hey, we did a lot of good things, so Saturday doesn't matter, but be able to put it in proper context and be ready to roll for the spring. And by the way, not only that, but uh, salt in the wound, we still don't know how long Ronnie Perkins is suspended next year. Yeah, Lincoln was very ambiguous about that. You sort of figured he would be, but he just said the appeal process is still going on. But if it's five games, I mean, that's that includes Tennessee. That includes going to Army. That's home game against Baylor. And then ends with Texas. We've said ever since that schedule was released, it was so front-heavy and that the last month of the season might not give OU a college football playoff push if they need it. Now we know that front schedule being so heavy might mean that they're without Stevenson, Bridges, and Perkins, too. And how, I mean, just how awful that is for someone like Trajan Bridges, who basically was supposed to be using this year as a warm-up for next year, 
and then you're going to yep. miss half mm-hmm. of it. I mean, my God. Yeah, and it has to suck that. And <laughs> I'm sure that he wishes it was in a different circumstance, but to watch Jaden Hazelwood and Theo Weiss and Drake Stoops catching balls in a college football, I, I guess Theo didn't have a catch, but playing in a college football playoff game when he's sitting over there knowing that he's basically going to have to miss in half of a season because of a, uh, a stupid rule and a stupid mistake on his part. And I, I wonder what they do in terms of, of Perkins. Do they try to move Redmond or Benito or Guaybu? Do they do anything different? Obviously, they couldn't do anything in these last two weeks to try to make them into what Perkins had been. But now that you have a winter and a spring, this, is some sort of movement going to be in the works to try to replicate what what Perkins has brought to the table. Well, what's going to be interesting about next year is you're you're probably going to be better in the secondary, but the one area you were pretty good at, defensive line, you're going to be rebuilding there. And you're going to have JUCO guys, so maybe it'll be a smooth transition, but uh, there's still no guarantees that you're going to be kind of the tackle for loss team that you were this year up front. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then we've talked about it multiple times. Then when Kenneth Murray goes down – and it's Brian Mead coming into the game. I mean, that's just the reality of that Mike situation. And we've all, I think, we sort of agree that we believe Deshaun White moves over, Caleb Kelly starts at will, and that solves it. But, mm-hmm. I mean, ugh, the depth there is scary, too. By the way, you know how bad that was yesterday that they were down so many people? That Did you notice how many times Deshaun White had to cover a you know receiver on the numbers. Caleb Kelly and Deshaun White were in coverage way too much. Whoa, I mean and that that's was what crazy. they had to do, and that's what happens when Buki gets ejected. I mean, it was just, uh it was embarrassing. Well, that's that even like, and I know we got we don't certainly don't need to rehash it, but that that just shows you how just moronic that was by Buki to do what he did, knowing that you can't. And I'm sure he's not thinking about it on the fly, but. To make that type of mistake, knowing that you're already down a couple bodies back there, is just almost so immature and so elementary. It's almost like you might just need to take a scholarship away. I said this For last night. Seems so level-headed. <laughs> I seems so level-headed. I'm not saying they should. I said this and lo- yesterday, and I still feel it today. Like once Trey w- Trey Norwood is healthy. I don't think Buki should ever be a starter again. Like, that's how I feel. Uh, that's how dumb I think it was. Like, once you get Trey Norwood back, as long as he's healthy, if he's your nickel, I, I'll be happy to put Buki over there on the bench and only let him play as a backup from here on forward after after seeing that. That was, was so stupid. It was so to. ridiculous. Yeah, it was terrible. I'm not going as far as it taking the scholarship away. <laughs> but take playing time away. I'm definitely down for that. I think that's okay. I wonder that, if I'll that, feel that I, way in the spring. I mean, it's usually not like me to hold on to something like that for 24 hours. Well, it's just, I mean, it's so ignorant. I, I just can't believe that. It's almost like he backtracked. Yeah. Maybe he was on him. the take. Well, God damn it. I want, I need to know these things. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it does. Wild. It makes you think he was on the take. Maybe they the need to launch thing, an investigation. Gary, just, I, I've been working for you guys for 10 years. That was the probably the most unenjoyable 
Oklahoma game I've ever been at. Yes, it was. It was a lot like. Absolutely. It was a lot like watching ha- the half of the Texas Tech game where Pat Mahomes was on offense without Baker Mayfield. It was like watching that game if Baker Mayfield was not on, the, you know, your quarterback, because that's what it felt like. It, I mean, literally, it, that game slapped OU's defense back two years into the past. Yeah. It it it. You say tech game? It was. I, I'll, I'll throw in. It was a mixture of the Texas game, uh, twenty sixteen, when they're giving up. Like the third and eighteen was like, oh, oh yeah. my god, the they just left under the corner yeah. and bought more crack. They're doing it again. <laughs> were you surprised that they couldn't generate, or were you surprised that they just stayed in the three man front the entire night and didn't try and generate any type of pressure, or was that just because they had they they couldn't? They didn't trust the guys on the back end uh, if they if they took somebody away. Yeah, they just didn't have – they couldn't – I mean, they – that's the thing that Joe Brady did that was genius is he continued to get Justin Broyles in one-on-one situations. Yes, he did. And, and credit to them. I mean, that's why he's so good. He, yeah. He attacked what Oklahoma couldn't, in a way, couldn't defend. It was – it's like the scene in, in The Water Boy with the onside kick. Where's my bitch? Where's my bitch? Oh, there he is. Yeah. And it's I, I know that it seems like we're really coming down on the guy, but it's hard not to. I mean, like, you cannot attack him the entire. He we, was a, he's, he's just. I mean, we prefaced it. He 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 would. I think he would die for OU. I think he he would lay down his life for OU. He cares about this team and this program. He's got, a, he's got a good family. He can't play football at OU anymore. He just can't. You can't let him no. play football at OU. He's not good enough. It's I, almost, in a way, a little unfair that he was asked to do that. And I know that kind of sounds weird in a way, but it's it's like, what else were you expecting yeah. to happen? What what there was, Carrie? We said it time and time again on the unofficial forty throughout the year. We'd said it on the boards when people would ask, "Why aren't they rotating at safety?" Alex Grinch wants to rotate at yeah, safety. Yeah, he didn't trust those guys enough, and that's why. That's why you saw. You saw I mean, last he was night why. Alex Grinch was correct to never let anyone else play. Now I think I saw some good things out of Woody Washington. I mean, the the, the sure. touchdown he to gave up into that was the perfect pass. I mean, you could not have thrown yep. a better pass. And he was he was his coverage was fine. I mean, the only thing he didn't do was you know you know rip his hands through his arm you know trying to get the ball out. But like he caught the ball, he was in the end zone. There was nothing he was going to be able to do about that. But I saw some other like he tackled well. I thought you you saw him. Kind of, you felt like he was flying around a little bit out there. Like you saw bursts and you saw some flashes from him. And you're like, oh, well, that's a nice tackle. You do, you just don't see any of that from Justin Broyles. And I know I've I've clarified on Twitter and on the message board, but for anyone who still believes that he lost his red his redshirt season, he did not. Woody Washington was credited with a tackle in Bedlam. That should have went to A.D. Miller on special teams. Woody Washington did not play against the Pokes, but the official stat line, even OU's official stats, had him with four games heading into Saturday 
when in fact it was three. So Saturday was his fourth. Buki did not cost Woody a redshirt season. That would have been an incredibly bizarre, odd situation to try to talk about had that been the case. So Woody will be a redshirt freshman in 2020. In 2020. So, like, I, I would just say this. I mean, I, I think people that are out there that are so down, and, you know, we saw plenty of this on Twitter, and it's still going on in, in, in on our message boards. Like, even though I said that it was like, you know, LSU slapped OU's defense two years into the past, they've still made strides. They're still headed in a positive direction. They're still, you know, it's still the team that even though it doesn't, especially, boy, the, the way the Big 12 games have gone so far, it hasn't been good. Notre Dame just I don't know if the conference is going to win. I don't think the conference is going to win a bowl game. Baylor, your only hope at this point. And the, is Brewer playing? Yeah, he's been practicing. Is, I, is he finally I practicing? I don't know if he's playing. Okay. But, uh, you know. Kansas, Kansas State Navy is the only one I'd maybe. But, I mean, the Big 12, it's 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 not looking like it was a strong year. Um, and I know that you have to be better. But, I mean, they were the last defense in this shitty conference two years ago. And they statistically were number one. They have made, and it's not even about statistics. You saw a team this year that flew to the football, that gang tackled. You saw Kenneth Murray get a lot better under Brian Odom. Uh, you know, you saw tackles for losses. You saw, P, you know, LSU said this, you know, they saw a, a, a defense that played with a lot of violence. And, and you did see that with your, you know, just, just the eye test told you that that defense was a lot more aggressive that they flew around to the football, uh, that it wasn't just one guy dependent on making a tackle like it was under Mike Stoops. So they've made progress. They are better. They have to recruit better. They have to get more talent in the program, which we knew. I mean, we knew that going in. It would. It just it didn't become completely evident until they were missing a couple of guys, and then they played the best team that they played all year offensively. So it's not all doom and gloom. It's not, well... Now, I will say, yes, the perception, the narrative is going to be there. And you still have to, you're going to have to overcome that by winning a national championship. That's the point that you're at now as a program. Oklahoma is always going to be seen as the team that can't get it done until they get it done. They just are. You're shackled with that reputation now. Yeah, but it's, it still felt weird hearing it from Texas recruits and Arkansas recruits and things like that. That was a weird moment. I just, no, and I mean, it, it was their opportunity to take a shot at OU, in a way. Because they and can't beat them on the field. It is what it is. Yeah, they wish they, <laughs> they what? Because they can't do it on the field. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in a way, yeah. But, they're, I mean, the OU's done this to themselves. Yeah. They've done this to themselves as far as, uh, you know, they've, They've now gone into the – the fact of the matter is they've gotten into the college football playoff four times. Three times they've gotten their ass kicked. Yeah, I mean, it's – we, we keep talking about, you know, look in the mirror moments. Can't we did get away that, from that a lot with the defense last year. But it's it's like this is just another step. The the ne- There's another step left to take for this program and for the players in it. And they have to look in the mirror and realize that you have made yourselves into a punchline. And it's because it's not really fair because 
they've had more success than most people. Anyone else in the Big 12 is jealous of them, and they love seeing them get their ass kicked because they're jealous. But they haven't been there, and you have. So you've, you've accomplished a lot. You've won the Big 12 five years in a row. But there's another step for you to take, and it's not all, you know, it's not all the players' fault. The coaches have to recruit better. They have to develop better. They've been let down in the recruiting department on defense by everyone who's coached there, um, except for maybe Calvin Thibodeau. You can give him a pass because defensive line is pretty good. At least it was this year. But I mean, there's it's 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 something that you hope fuels those you know those kids in that team because it's not going away, like you said. It'll be interesting to see what this 2020 team is made of, uh, and not made of, I guess, but just in a way of they lose a lot of that that seniority mentorship, uh, and even guys like a Kenneth Murray that, you exactly. know, for all intents and purposes, I think everybody believes he's going to declare for the NFL Yeah, draft. we haven't even talked about people uh, declaring and all that stuff, which is coming now. Bob and I have been talking about it a little bit this morning. Uh, Kenneth Murray, yes. CD Lamb, Lamb, obviously. Obviously. Yeah. Creed Humphrey? I think that's Ooh. a legitimate 50 50. He was asked after the game. Obviously, not going to say yes or no either way. Uh, you know, Kennedy Brooks is a name that is kind of emerging as yeah. possibly someone that could enter. Yep. Is that what you're saying, Bob? Just uh, when you had like Caleb Kelly just say flat out, I'm, I'm coming back, and Kennedy Brooks saying, I really just want to spend time with my team and my family. Ringed a little differently because I don't think anyone really considered him as a legitimate possibility, like maybe a fringe guy. But if you're a fringe guy, sometimes you can just squash it by saying, I'm coming back. And he took the opportunity last night to do the opposite of that, to leave it lingering out there. I think with running backs, it's just a completely different ball game because running backs, they're going to get their shot. I mean, even if he doesn't get drafted and a free agent, you want to get out there because you know you don't have you a, a shelf long football life. life. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. and with all the crap that he's been through, maybe he just wants to get the hell out of, away from college. That's I, what I've said too. Wouldn't blame the guy one bit. And and but how Lincoln phrased it this morning is that we have a lot of experience in that room still. So that tells me it'll either Brooks. Or Trey Sermon have already let Lincoln know they they are coming back, because I think they might be in a little bit of a panic mode if they. I I think Trey Sermon should come back. I mean, I think somebody is going to either draft or sign Kennedy Brooks as a free agent. He'll get his shot with a team. I think Trey Sermon kind of has some work left. He didn't have a particularly great year, and then he got hurt, and I think Mm -hmm. he's a much better back than he's shown this last year. I mean, he's been a better back younger than he has been this last year. And Marcus Major told uh, told me last night that he will be ready for the for spring, bringing in Seth McGowan. Something that happened right before kickoff, Corey Wren mentioned OU in his top five. He's a speed, speed burner, speed for days that they're looking to try to bring in for an official visit in January. He only has one left. So whatever one he makes is real. It's pretty much going to be the school that he that he ends up picking. So they're look restock the room. They feel confident with what's there. And I know Pledger didn't go didn't get a lot of touches. Wasn't nearly the impact guy as maybe 
could have been, but he finally did score his first career touchdown, yeah. even if no one remembers it. I think a lot of people quit watching that game. <laughs> How hard was it to still watch it, Carrie? It wasn't hard. You're not I mean, there live in part. You know, you you didn't. You have options. You you could have walked away. Well, we were we were recording it back here for the first half, uh, and then Eddie was like smartly like, "Should I go turn off?" Because like the machine is just like burning through bandwidth to send it back here. <laughs> I'm like, "Yeah, let's just forget about it," which I. Uh, yeah, about that. <laughs> so, um, no, but I mean, look, I, I want to tell you guys how much I appreciated your hard work this week. It was, uh, I, I don't know why, but this week just leading up to it, it was, it seemed more grueling than a normal bowl game. And I don't know exactly why I think it's cause we were, you know, I was stressed out about all the video stuff we were doing, um, trying to get that up and running and going and looking good and. I, you know, I wasn't getting a lot of sleep and, you know, you're back here doing radio and stuff. So uh, you guys really made my life easier. And uh, I know the content was fantastic uh, all week long. Our, our traffic was through the roof. Um, so guys did a great job out there. I just wanted to say that publicly for all to hear. Kudos from the boss. Appreciate it. Yes. Appreciate it. I thought it was a uh, it was a good week. I know that the, it was. Uh, <laughs> I know the season didn't end a lot how uh, people wanted to, but hey, listen, look at look at it this way: you can you can finally hear me say that I hated the Jalen Hurts experience. So, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't pleasant for the media for sure. <laughs> Not exactly fun going to a press conference every week with the face of the team getting. I thought know, it, it was one just interesting, answers. and we can maybe like go real behind the curtain on Wednesday when we do the unofficial 40, but it just, I guess there's no other way to say this. I, without knowing the behind the scenes stuff, I thought Jay, I thought CD lamb and Charleston Rambo absolutely hated Jalen hurts. That was just my read on the situation. Now I did get a text from just, someone on the sideline yesterday that said, uh, right now CD lamb wants to kill Jalen hurts. <laughs> There, it, I mean, second series, Carrie. Ceedee Lamb is wide open on the left side of the field. Mm -hmm. Has his hands up, like, like literally, like, like, kind of in a little league type thing. Like, throw it to me. I'm standing here, wide open. <laughs> Nobody within 15 yards of me. And Hurst throws it out of bounds to the right side because he never even looked at him. Yeah. How do you not look at your best wide receiver? It's just pressure. I mean, he's not. He's not great with pressure. He hasn't been all season. Just dropping back. And, the, and you, know, you know what they started going into on the broadcast yesterday? They're like, oh, you know, boy. here's a really interesting thing. Uh, someone told me about Jalen Hurts' NFL prospects is that maybe look for him to be drafted by the Baltimore Ravens to serve as Lamar Jackson's backup. And I was just thinking, like, he is not Lamar Jack. He is so far from Lamar Jackson. Like Lamar Jackson, literally like, uh, one of the most electric athletes that has ever played the game. I thought it, it kind of seemed to me like, and from the little bit that I saw in the second half when I went into the video workroom, I thought Todd Blackledge and uh, what's the other guy's name? McDonough. Sean McDonough. I thought they were awful last night. 
It was just that you had like, the whole B team element to about it. about travel. They were surprised about travel football. Yes, yes, I saw that part. Yeah. Like what? Well, it was Blackledge. He was like, "How are you having a travel team when you're in the sixth and the seventh and the eighth grade?" Strange. Like, have you? Did you just wake up from? An, you know, were you trapped in ice? Are you in Sino Man? Just very strange. Yeah, oh, well. I mean, it was okay. I mean, I, I like Blackledge. I you know generally, but that was a very odd exchange. That was an old moment for Todd Blackledge. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, <clears throat> that was a, it was an interesting season. Do you want I mean, me to I, call I Ed Eskridge and see if he'll send Alexis for you? <laughs> huh? <laughs> well, I'm getting to the point now where we'd start. We'd be in like the two o'clock range, and I might as well just fly back now. Yeah, I'm sorry. I stranded you guys for a day. I thought you know they got museums and stuff. You can go do something. Yeah, probably yeah. Just football. Uh, <laughs> probably gonna work. <laughs> I'll probably go type so that when because when I get home, doesn't matter what I do, I'm on baby duty. There's no excuse in the world I can have for missing six six days of the baby and then come home. So no, sorry, stop saying Can't things like this in public. We don't want people to know how whipped you are. All right. <laughs> No, that's anybody though. You can't go on vacation for a no, long time. No, she convinced with a baby. you that's anybody. No, that's not true. That's other people, but I'm not naming names. There's others. <laughs> other people that work in the same industry. Yes. <laughs> okay, there you go. I know who you're talking. So yeah, thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks to uh, Ed Eskridge also for being a, a great part of the podcast and sponsoring us uh, all season long. Uh, make sure EskridgeLexus.com, go check them out and uh, let them know that you're a scooper, that you listen to the pod or you're a subscriber to the website uh, or you're a, a, a new live stream watcher um, and they'll take care of you. <laughs> so uh, appreciate him loaning his cars throughout the year uh, for all our trips. So just a great supporter of the podcast and really uh, happy to have him on board for a second year in a row. So uh, EskridgeLexus.com. Go check them out uh, as well. So, thank you, Eddie. Thank you, Bob. Safe travels back. Uh, I'm sure Bob has already got you checked in for your flight tomorrow. Um, but uh, if not, I'm sure well, he's, he's just checked in his flight, and I'm checked into my flight. We're on different flights. Oh, you are. Hmm. Man, I am a cheap yeah. Bastard, I'm, I'm at I? seven in the morning, and Eddie's like at noon. Oh, I think I did that because I was. If you wanted to do your radio show, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, and I appreciate that. Okay, that's that's the plan. Okay, good We're deal. Good. All right, so uh, see, I was being a good boss. So anyway, thank you guys for your hard work this week. Thanks for everybody for listening. I'm sorry about the Sooners. Uh, please don't leave us. Please say, stay subscribe to the sorry website. For to giving you hope the last yeah, two podcasts. Sorry for making it out like oh, you had a chance at all. It was a mistake on my part. Uh, anyway, thanks for listening. We'll see you guys uh, next time uh, on the Eskridge Lexus Post Game Podcast.